two sips and now you want to trip, big fella. You're not a drinker. I can see it all in your leg, big fella. You wobbly, big fella. You finna fall. Sit down, you drunk, big fella. Yes, people, it is Thursday, which means it is another edition of Echo Chamber, the official Echo Chamber of the week, even though you did get a little something special on Monday. But people, as we do, we're going to start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 16th to the 18th of July. At number 10, new in at number 10 is um, Questlove's new piece, Summer of Soul, when or when the revolution could not be televised. And um, yeah, it's featuring some whoo, amazing talent. The Fifth Dimension, Sly and the Family Stone, Hugh Maskella, Jesse Jackson, David Ruffin, yeah, Mums Mobley, Abby Lincoln, Nina Simone, BB King, Stevie Wonder. Oh, and many more people. So it's definitely worth a cheeky check. At number nine, still holding on in there, it is in the Hoyts, and this is from John M. Chu and Lin Manuel Miranda. So that means at number eight, eh, it's half term, so hey ho, it's Will Glock's Peter Rabbit 2. So at number seven, it's a quiet place, two people from John Karansky. And I know, I know, I still haven't got around to seeing it, but it is on the agenda. It is be the crazy time. So I will try and get to see this one. Alright. But people, 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 at number six is Escape Room 2. So this is from Adam Robitel. So um, I watched because the first one came out. I mean, it feel the beginning of 2020. You know what I mean? Or it might have been the end of 2019. I forget. But we did talk about it. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued to how they continue the story. So we might see it. Who knows? But people, we are now in the top five, 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 five. And at number five, it is Fast and the Furious 9 from Justin Lin, carrying on the story of a lot of fast cars. <laughs> At number four, people, we got the Cruds and New Age from Joe Crawford. So, at number three, which something I am very intrigued about because I really enjoyed the first film. I, I didn't get around to seeing any of the others, but 
Forever Purge is out, people. And it's from Evado Goot. So at number two, it is Space Jam, a new legacy from Malcolm D. Lee. So still doing its thing at number what what one. We've got the 24 film in the MCU. It is Kate Shortland's Black Widow. We talked about it last week and it is pretty goddamn fun. Some people go check it out if you can. But that's it for the top 10. Now, before we get into this week's films, it's a little something. Check out this info, mark it down for your calendars. Alright? Yo, something that people missed in 2020 were those pop-up cinema screens. But people, people, do not worry. 2021, it's a new year. And the screens are back. Pop-up screens are delighted to announce their return to London with an enormous season of outdoor cinema packed with feel-good movies, guilty pleasures and cult classics that make your film all warm and fuzzy inside. Pop-up screens invite you and your family to indulge in an evening that you won't forget with your loved ones. It's relaxed atmosphere and friendly vibe praised by critics across the country will have you coming back year after year. This year, pop-up screens will span across Eight London parks. That's right, people. Eight. And open spaces over three months. Launching on, oh shit, my birthday, the 9th of July at Coram's Fields with the fan favourite, The Craft. Pop-up screens offers films for fans of all genres, including smash hit musical dramas such as The Greatest Showman, A Star Is Born, Bohemity Rhapsody, and Rocket Man. For audiences wanting nostalgia, fans will be able to revisit fan favourites such as Back to the Future, The Goonies, and Dirty Dancing, um, plus a whole lot more. You know, you can uh, join them for a movie or two and you'll find a great environment along with a bar and some of London's best street food traders. So, the uh, the films that you can enjoy, people, well, on, as I said, starting on the 9th of July at Crom's Fields is The Craft, the 10th... Um, is the greatest showman the 11th bill and ted face the music then over to bishop's park in fulham on the 16th with 10 things i hate about you 17th dirty dancing and the 18th 
the Goonies. Then it's North Greenwich from the 23rd of July for 500 Days of Summer. Greece on the 24th and Back to the Future on the 25th. And July ends at Hillfields in Brockley. So on the 30th, July is the Goonies and the 31st, Dirty Dancing. Uh, staying on Brockfield, um, on the 1st of August, it's The Greatest Showman. Then back to Crom- Corman's Fields on the 6th of August. Three films on the 6th with you've got Jojo Rabbit, Pretty Woman and Ghostbusters. Then Hammersmith, you're not forgotten because on the 13th at Ravens Court Park, you've got Jaws. On the 14th, it's Bohemian and Rhapsody. And then the 15th, it's The Greatest Showman. The Guild Hall in the City of London, people. On the 16th, um, you've got um, The Greatest Showman. To 17th, you've got Moonlight. On the 18th, you've got Philadelphia. The 19th, it's The Beach. The 20th, it's Dreamgirls. And the 21st of August is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Then, Hiver Green, people. From the 27th of August at Manor House Gardens, we got Bohemian Rhapsody. On the 28th, it is The Greatest Showman. And then on the 29th of August, it is A Star Is Born. But that's not all. So, back to Bishop's Park in Fulham for the 3rd of September. Because it's Rocket Man. The 4th, it's A Star Is Born. Then the 5th, it's The Greatest Showman. So, then, on the 10th of September... It is back to Hammersmith, so Ravens Court Park, it's Dirty Dancing. On the 11th, it is at Jurassic Park. And the 12th, it is Rocket Man. And it all ends at the Oval in Kennington Park. Right, so 17th of September, it's The Greatest Showman. The 18th, it's Notting Hill. And then the 19th of September, it all closes with a star is born. So you can book tickets and find out more at popupscreens.co.uk. Adult tickets are £14 and those under 12s, it is £9. But remember people, there will still be COVID policies in place. But, yes, for more information, people, go down and check out popupscreens.co.uk. Oh, people, some more festival information for you. The Etheria Film Night have announced that they will be streaming, right, their 2021 official short films showcase lineup exclusively on Shudder starting from Friday the 25th of June 
all the way through to the 25th of July. This year's festival, the world's most respected annual showcase of horror, science fiction, fantasy, action and thriller films directed by women will feature nine short films and honour the Walking Dead showrunner and executive producer Angela Kang with the 2021 Aetheria Inspiration Award given annually to a person in the entertainment industry who has inspired women to pursue careers working in genre film and television. Producer Gail Ann Hard will present the award to Kang with the ceremony included as part of the official Aetheria 2021 content streaming on Shudder. The 2021 lineup has come has some of the funniest things we've ever programmed alongside some of the darkest and most disturbing things we've ever programmed. And that is from Etheria Director of Programming, Heidi Honeycott. Mm-hmm. Right, so um, yeah, she also says, and we're so happy to be screening on Shudder for the second year in a row. Dum dum dum. Right, so um, yeah, people, I mean, do you really want to miss all of this? You know, Gail and Heard says the Ethereum Film Festival is the preeminent. Forum showcasing the many talented women working in the genre field. As The Walking Dead's first female showrunner, Angela Kang has proven herself to be a visionary in the horror sci fi medium, and she is also one of the most talented people working in television today. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Kang says, as a lifelong fan of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, action and thrillers, I am truly humbled to be in the company of the incredible women of Etheria. Um, and who have been honoured over the years with their Inspiration Award. Not least the incomparable Gail and Hurd. I am on a trail she blazed and loved that Etheria is showcasing new genre films created by women who want to travel the same exhilarating path. So, um, yeah, there you have it, people. It is, uh, is going to be coming at you, which uh, should be fun. Right, some of those films that will be screening, okay... Uh, we've got The Fourth Wall. This is directed by Kelsey Bowling. Um, we've got Narrow, directed by Anna Chazelle. Have You Will Never Be Back from Monica Matteo. Booster Strapped from Katy Aaron. Uh, Misfits from Kayani Ray Walker. The Grey from Myra Aquino. Polar Votron 500 from Sylvia Concia. Eye Exam from Aslim Clark. And Who Goes There from Astrid Forvladson. 
<laughs> you know, so, um, hey, looks like it is going to be a fun uh, festival, people. So go check out the Ethereal website. And remember, it will start Friday the 25th of June, running all the way to the 25th of July, exclusively on Shudder. Well, 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 people, if you enjoyed what Shada brought to you in July, and remember, it's not quite over yet, hey, you will definitely be looking forward to what they've got in store for August, because they've got another slew of great stuff. Hey, so we've, um, mentioned it a few times in the last few weeks, But premiering on the 12th of August is the new original series, Slasher, Flesh and Blood. Right, so a wealthy but dysfunctional family gathers for a reunion on a secluded island only to learn they'll be pitted against one another in a cruel game of life and death. All while being stalked by a mysterious masked killer. Nothing is what it seems and no one is safe as the tension and body count ratchets up. Yes, people. Sounds kind of crazy, right? It definitely does that. You know, so... um. Yeah, we've got a a great cast. There's David Cronenberg. That's right, people. David Cronenberg's in it. Along with um, Paula Branchatti. Jefferson Brown. Patrice Goodman. Sabrina Gredvich. And Christopher Jackett. Who um, are veterans of the slasher franchise And new this time around Is Rachel Crawford Janine Goosen Sidney Meyer And Alex Orozovov So yes And um, as I said look It debuts on the 12th of August With new episodes hitting Every Thursday after that. And it's not just a new TV show. You've got new original films. Starting on the 5th of August with Teddy. Okay, so um, this is from director Ludwig Buchhemer. Right, and um, Zoran Buchhemer. Right, so it's about a 20-something Teddy um, who lives in a foster home and works as a temp in a massage parlour. Rebecca, his girlfriend, will soon graduate. A scorching hot summer begins. But Teddy is scratched by a beast in the woods. The wolf that local angry farmers have been hunting for months. As weeks go by... Animal impulses soon start to overcome the young man. 
Dum, dum, dum. So yeah, I guess he's not gonna turn into a uh, a cuddly care bear. <laughs> Might be something a little bit more gruesome. So on the tenth of August, we then have a bleed with me, right? Which is directed by Amelia Moses. Uh, so Rowan, a vulnerable outsider, is thrilled when the seemingly perfect. Emily invites her on a winter getaway to an isolated cabin in the woods. Trust soon turns to paranoia when Rowan wakes up with mysterious incisions on her arm. Haunted by dreamlike visions, Rowan starts to suspect that her friend is drugging her and stealing her bud. She's paralysed by the fear of losing Emily, but she must fight back before she loses her mind. And people, if you remember, we actually um, spoke about this during the last Fantasia Film Festival. And trust, this is one that you will not want to miss. It's starring Lee Marshall, Lauren Beatty and Aris Tyros. So, then the following week on the 19th of August, we've got Jack Jacob's wife. So, Anne is in her late 50s and feels like her life and marriage have been shrinking over the past 30 years. Through a chance encounter with a stranger, she discovers a new sense of power and an appetite to live bigger and bolder than before. However, these changes come with a toll on her marriage and a heavy body count. (laughs) It is directed by Travis Stevens and it stars Barbara Crampton, uh, Larry Fiesenden, Bonnie Ahrens, Nisha Bell, Mark Kelly, Sarah Lind, Robert Russler, and Phil Brooks. <laughs> you might recognize the name Phil Brooks from WWE, uh, CM Punk, and he shoots stint in mixed martial arts. Right, and then people to close off the month on the 26th of August, we have Mosquito State. So, this is from uh, Philippe Jean Razmaza, um, who co-wrote it with Mario Zermino. Uh, so, August 2007, isolated in his austere penthouse overlooking Central Park, obsessive Wall Street data analyst Richard Bocca sees ominous patterns. His computer models are behaving erratically, as are the swarms of mosquitoes breeding in his apartment, an infestation that attends his psychological meltdown. So the film is starring uh, Boo Knapp, Charlotte Vega, Jack Kesey and Oliver Martinez. So yeah, you, you they're all our new features and also hitting the Shudder Library on the 2nd of August we got Like Me and a Rabbit on the 6th is Slumber Party Massacre 
and Slumber Party Massacre 2. On the 9th, we've got The Dead Pit. On the 11th, Bloodline. The 13th, Chopping Mall. On the 17th, Dave Made a Maze. On the 20th, you get Hell Knight. On the 23rd, The House That Dripped Blood. And on the 30th, people, A Dark Song, Hatchet, and I Know Who Killed Me. So, plenty to look forward to on in August, people. All you need to do is go get a little shudder in your life. Okay, people, so that's the information. Now let's get into this week's films. Buckle up and let's go. Because we got some good stuff for you this week, people. I mean, we always do, but we got some good stuff for you. All right, let's go. So I decided to check out a... uh, a new film over on Netflix. It is from director Brian DeCubilis. And it's called Trust. Yes. So, um, DeCubilis worked on the uh, screenplay. Along with um, K.S. Bruce. And Kristen Lazarian. And it's actually an adaptation of Lazarian's play called Push. And Push, we I think it's like near the very end of the film, there is a reference which mentions Push, which I assume is why that was the title of the play. Um... Trust, you know, trust makes sense because it is all about trust or the lack of, essentially. You know what I mean? But, uh, yes. So, yeah, it's produced by Debicubius along with Tom Guida and Stephen Klinksky. It is um, edited by Anne Husani, cinematography is David Tumbletti, uh, music is from Joel Dueck and Greg Pliska, um, and the cast. Well, we have Victoria Justice playing Brooke Gatwick. Um, we also have Matthew Daddario playing Owen Shaw, Brooke's husband. Uh, we have Catherine McNamara playing Amy. She is a... Oh, gosh, what is the, the term used in the film? Um, fuck, I cannot think. Of how they uh, refer to her. Um, ooh, it's something like an antagonist. Not an antagonist, that would make no sense. Um, an orator? No, 
Not even that. I can't think of the term. It is a weird term. Um, basically, she's a... Uh, what do you call it? A, a, a proxy, maybe? Proxy? Mm, probably not. No. Um... Someone that you hire to try and um, see if you, your partner's cheating on you. Yeah. Yeah, there was a certain term that was used, but I can't think of what the fuck it was. Yeah. Hey-ho. Uh, we've got Lucian Lavis Count as Ansgard Doyle. It's meant to be an Irish street artist. With a horrible accent. <laughs> We've got Ronnie Cheng as Adam, one of Owen's friends. Lindsay Broad plays Eleanor, Adam's wife, and Brooke's friend. Very convenient, that, right? <laughs> They're both divorce lawyers. Okay. Oh, I should probably mention Owen is a news reporter, and Brooke uh, has just opened up her own art gallery. So, uh, yash, there you are with that. Now, the gist of the film, as said on IMBD, in this sexy and twisty ride, New York gallery owner Brooke and her husband Owen each face exceptional temptations with most unexpected results. So, I think one big thing is that they want to have a kid, but they're having difficulty. So they've been told, oh, if you um, go somewhere where you can fully relax, then that might help with the contraception. He wants to go to Paris for Christmas. She's got a work thing. And she can't. But she's just opening up her gallery. Which makes sense. Right? Her reason for not wanting to go. It does make sense. Right? And you would think that. He'd understand that. Now, the crazy thing is, right, everything that is set up here, all, all it needs is a, a question, right, a conversation. There is nothing crazy, right? There, it doesn't make sense. Any of the odd lies and all, it's just like, wait, what is happening, you know? It doesn't, even the whole Sarah situation, right? There's a logical thing to it. And you'd think, why wouldn't you just say, right? The the excuse that was used, it didn't make any sort of sense, right? Wouldn't make any sort of sense because Owen... He tells the truth. Well, he tells the truth to um, Adam, right? He tells him what he's looking to do with his career. So you're thinking, well, yeah, it's a simple thing. Why wouldn't you say that? Makes no sense. 
And then with Brooke, right? So she's found this, you know, meant to be phenomenal street artist, Angsgar, whose work is a little samey samey, to be honest with you. I mean, eh, that's just my opinion. Eh. But he, from the giddy up, he's, try, he's hitting on her. So you'd think you'd just say, um, you know I'm married, stop it. You mean like that? That's never said. Like he's always been like, I so your husband ain't here. That means you can be all mine. You can be all mine. And when you know that he paints the people he sleeps with, you, you make no sense to do. It would make no sense to do. And that means the thing that he then does is ridiculously disrespectful. And at no point is there a what the fuck, you piece of shit. There's, it's, it's like, you know? Like, the film, it, it's shot in this non-linear way, right? So, it, it's jumping around, and we see a story plot line, right? And then later on, we revisit it, and we get more information on what went down. Now, I don't mind that as a device, but I think I've said it before, right? You have to show... Little, you know, breadcrumbs, little hints to the overall thing, right? Because you're giving the the viewer an opportunity to be like, look, it's been there in plain sight. This is the thing. You just have to understand, right? These are the calls. These are the clues. The looking at the phone or, oh, that's why that was that colour or blah, 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 blah. But if you show something... Then come back to it and go, oh yeah, and this happened. When it's just like, well, that's a little, you know, because there was no hint of that. So what do you do? It's a bit of a lazy way of telling a story. Because you're trying to go, oh look, we're super clever. Look what we did. But it's not. It's just you didn't show that information. Or even hint at that information now, because the story is kind of paper thin, it's you can pretty much see where it's all going. But it's just yeah, the the, the way it's all put together is a little infuriating, right? I, yeah, and again, it's just you know it's called trust, but. There's all these lies. There's all these these lies that make no sense. No sense. And I think one thing that is super crazy is the whole Amy situation. Because you wonder what the, like, there is no reason for any of the shit that she does. And... At the very end, you'd think there'd be more 
Right, there would be more to that plot line because it is so off key. <laughs> you know what I mean? You you're not just being like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> if that's what you say, you know what I mean? You'd be like, What? Uh-uh. Fuck no. But no, it's just left. Right? And one thing that really, I think the end is weird, right? The end of the film is weird because there is all of this build-up to if this thing happens, then this thing happens, right? But then in the end, it was just like, meh. And you're like, so that really just makes the the, the rest of the film pointless, yeah, because if you were always just gonna do this thing, why why should we have cared about anything that came before? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's just weird. Right? It's a, a weird way of telling a story when at the very end it means all nothing nothing means an a, a thing. Doesn't mean a thing. All the tall cordy is just like, eh, it's just lip service, man. It's just lip service. So, yeah, that is, it's just. They made a weird one. They, they, there was some weird ass choices. You know? Now, both parties aren't great. You know what I mean? Like, he's a liar, she's a liar. Now, you can say that that there was a effort to cancel the lie, right? So I think that is a big thing because, again, it plays into the Amy character's part in subverting everything. So in a way, she's not... I mean, she's definitely not as bad as him, but she's still... Weird as fuck, right? So you then go, how the fuck should this be working in, you know, in anyway? Because if there is no trust, then what are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, it, it was just a very, just a bit of a weird film. Hearing, it's just a bit of a weird film, yeah, just baffled me, baffled me, but hey-ho, <laughs> you know what I mean, hey-ho, listen, I, 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 it's not long, right, it's 94 minutes, so it could be worse, you know, it's mindless, so it, if you need something to just switch off to, don't think about, then this this could be the thing. I mean, if you like stuff like, um, oh gosh, there was that really bad film with Beyonce and Idris Elba. You know what I mean? If 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 you like that sort of thing, then I, I this will this will work for you. You will, you will be able to, I feel, get into this. You know what I mean? I, 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 that's what I think. It's not 
It's not really suspense You know like they, they try and play it like it's suspenseful But it's not really suspenseful You know what I mean But Yeah I think If If you like stuff that Is Trying to walk that line Right um, There's a film called Newness You know Or um, I don't know You've got all them crazy But You know I, I, I think stuff like uh, Blue Jay Is a better product You know what I mean yeah, I, I think there's certain things that are just better. You know, but... Hmm. I think, look, it's it's reminiscent of a... Uh, oh, gosh. Made in Manhattan. You know what I mean? Those sort of films, right? It, it it it's along the line of some of those goofy kind of you know Reese Witherspoon early films, right? Kathleen Heigl early films. If you dig that kind of stuff, then this might speak to you, right? If you watched the play Push and you enjoyed that, maybe, right? Maybe you think, all right, let me see how they adapted it for the film. Yeah, but yeah. It's on Netflix, so um, if any of those things ring true, then boom, go check it out, have your fun people, it's called Trust and it is out right now. Hey, so every week it seems we're getting new flavour from Shudder And um, this one is no different We have the new film from director Timothy Woodard Jr. Called The Call It's written by Patrick Stibbs And um, yeah, it's a kind of um, a, a teen horror situation you know what I mean? So, uh, man, like, there's, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interesting things going on with this one, you know? And it is a bit creepy, ain't gonna lie. It is a bit funny because it, it on the big poster, it says, from the creators of Final Destination, and the only person... Who worked on Final Destination is Jeffrey Reddick, who is um, one of the producers on the piece. That's it. So, um, you know, I I don't know if it's the best thing to um, attach it to that because they are very different films. The only connection really is a group of kids. You know, and I, I think by saying that, you do create a perception. You know, you're going to have people going into it with a belief of what they're getting. Which, eh, probably not the best thing to do. But, yes, Reddick is a producer along with Stibbs, um, Zebulon Huling, Gina Ragulo. 
James Cullen Brazak and Randy J. Goodwin. The cinematographer is Pablo Diaz. It's edited by Wayne J. Lou. The music is from Samuel Joseph Smythe. And uh, our cast. Well, we have Lynn Shai. You know, who's a very well-known actress. You know, she plays Edith Cranston. And Tobin Bell, another veteran in the game. And uh, who's messed around in the, the horror, you know, franchises. He plays Edward Cranston, her husband. Uh, then we have our our group of friends. Right, we've got Chris, played by Chester Rusing, uh, Aaron, Aaron um, Saunders, who plays Tonya. Um, we've got Mike C. Manning, who plays Zach, and Sloane Morgan Siegel plays Zach's brother, Brett, his younger brother, Brett. And the gist of um, the film is this. After the unexpected death of an elderly woman suspected to be a witch, a group of friends who tormented her are forced to call a phone installed in her casket. To their horror, someone on the other end picks up and shows them what hell Really looks like. Bam, bam, bam. I've got to say, right? It, the the whole making the phone call. It is an odd one, right? It, it, it's not something I would necessarily do myself, but there's the crux of it all, right? So we start off, right? We're at school, and we have we're with Chris. Right, he he's looking a little confused, looking at some paper, and he he's watching this attractive young girl go by. Well, I mean, you can tell that he's viewing her as an attractive young girl. I should say, I'm not trying to be a perv, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, we we see her walk in. But the the one thing that did confuse me at the beginning was. He then sees that his trousers are wet at the crutch, but he's not holding water. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, are, are we meant to believe that he had some sort of premature ejaculation? What happened? There's, he's not holding water, so how would his trousers be wet? It was a little odd. A little odd, you know what I mean? And... If he did have a, you know, premature ejaculation, good damn, school's going to be a nightmare for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be a nightmare for him. Yo. Oh, man. A little crazy. A little crazy. But, um, yeah. But Tanya sees him and, um, you know, I don't know. She takes an interest. So she, uh, she goes speaks with him. Right, get takes him. He needs to go to the principal's office. She takes him there, gives him a number. He goes into the principal's office, and the conversation we see with the principal 
lets us know that Chris has a past, right? And we we don't know anything else. But you have to think, if he's being called to the principal's office, right? If he's transferred schools, something went down, right? And you do know, okay, this will... Oh, yes, it will. It will factor in to the film later on, right? Obviously, that's what the setup is, people. Um, Now, I, I will say, like, there are times in this film where certain threads are dropped, but they don't really go anywhere. Like, um, he, we see him go home, and he's we hear his mum with a dude... And, you know, she comes out, speaks to him. Like, the odd thing was, she's just like, oh, when you when you speak to him, call him, can you call him dad? Which is a bit like, well, how long y'all been dating? Because it seems that you've only just moved there, so... That, that's kind of a weird one. It's kind of a weird one. But it doesn't go anywhere. Right? If you're going to drop some weirdness like that, you're kind of assuming that it's building to something, right? But it it doesn't. Um, But instead of being home listening to his mum bang, he decides to give Tanya a call and he goes, he meets her and they go to the local fair. The fair? Yeah, you know, the the, 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 the carnies and the bim, bim, bim. That is a fair, right? There's not another... I want to think, oh, is there another name for that shit? But I'm going to say it's the fair, right? So he goes there. And at the fair are Zach and Brett. And we learn, Tanya used to date Zach. All right, so we've got this whole big thing. And, you know, there, there is a scene... With a fortune teller, but it doesn't really go anywhere, you know. But on the way home, that's really when the story kind of goes somewhere, right? Whereas we learn about Tanya's sister and a sister going missing, and uh, so they go and throw stuff at old, uh, old Mrs. Cranston's house, the old witch. Which you do kind of feel, right? If you're thinking this woman's a witch, why are you throwing rocks at her windows? It's not the smartest thing to do. You know what I mean? Definitely not the smartest thing. Now, the film, it is, there are a lot of um, moments at night, right? So there are some bits that are hard to see, which is a little bit of a shame, you know? But. Um, there's this whole thing that plays out with Edith Cranston, which is a little bit hard to see, but we then kind of, um, we learn that not everything went that well, you know, as in the synopsis, she dies, right, but, now this is when it gets even crazier, we're, you know, we're, we're with Chris, and then he gets a phone call, Right, and he shows up. Um, we hear Mr. Cranston's voice, and he shows up at the house, and then he sees all his friends there. Right, and I, I kind of think to myself, who's taking that phone call? 
Right? Like, I mean, right, you take the phone call because, yes, it, I mean, this film, I should probably say, this film is set in 87, 1987. So, yeah, no caller IDs, right? So, yeah, you'll, you'll take the phone call, but I don't know who else is going to that house. I ain't going to that house. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't throw anything through a window. I didn't mock the woman. I ain't going to that house. Right? But they do, which... Odd, it's odd, and at that moment, right, I think this is, you realise there is something askew, I mean, obviously there's something askew, right, but, I mean, because you notice there is, there is something in which, uh, old Mr. Cranston says, right, old Edward isn't Necessarily completely honest um, In this offer He makes the kids And I, I have no clue why they take this offer It's a very weird one It's a very weird one And I, I think there's some of the, the Things with the film Right There are these moments you like, But why Right Why would they go there why would they take the offer? Because, understand, right, obviously there's a, a financial gain in the offer. But the offer makes no sense. Especially with what happened earlier. Right? You, you like, that makes no sense. How would you, why would you do it? And why would you believe? You know? So it's very odd. It's a very odd situation. Uh... And it's a shame, you know, it's definitely a shame, because ah, if, if only they could have just tidied those bits up, I think the film would be even stronger, like, there are definitely these really crazy, interesting moments in the film, I mean, atmospherically, whoo, they make it creepy as a motherfucker, it's creepy, right, they, they nail it on that front, it really does have that 80s feel to it. You know, just the clothes, but the tone, just everything. It, it's got a good vibe, right? And, you know, the house, the house feels creepy. You know, they, they really capture these things. And to get the scares, because it, it does make you jump. There's a lot of shit in here that makes you jump. And they nailed that, right? I, I, I thought they did a very good job with that aspect of it, you know? Like, the music, it's all very 80s feeling. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed all of that. I thought, boom, you've done a good job, people. You've done a good job, right? But, um, yeah, it, it, it's just some of the tools used to tell this story, which... I think, hamper it a little, you know, I just think it's that, it gets a little bit confusing towards the end, it's just around the motivations, and then why would someone then do a thing, right, so there's certain bits and bobs like that, that do seem a little odd, do seem a little odd, and make you ponder, I, I mean, I did respect the fact that they went the way they did with the ending, 
Because after everything, you do kind of feel, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it can't be a complete in one direction, right, it, it, it would need to be when you consider everything, you know what I mean, but it, it doesn't necessarily have that fully fulfilling, you know, moment, right, there's a little too much left unsaid, I would say, I would say, but, you know, the acting, I did feel the acting was good. You know, you, you definitely get the sense of um, the, the nervous younger brother in Brett, right? I, 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 think, uh, I think that was nailed extremely well by uh, Sloan Morgan Siegel. I mean, Zach. Is played well by Mike C. Manning. You you get that, you know what I mean? That guy that's trying to act all tough. But there is that side of him where really, boom. There's so many skeletons and so many, you know what I mean? Things that are just racking him inside. And I, I think Zach does a good job. You know, you do think Tanya, Tonya even... Is that, you know, young girl, you know, she's attractive, she knows it, Um, she's kind, but then there is also a little sign, and we learn, oh, that that was a little sign, for sure, I mean, maybe a big something, you know what I mean, Um, and Chester rushing as Chris, right, we we get that um, new guy, Right, he wants to fit in, but he doesn't fully want to go a certain way. But then there's that, there's that little bit of, I don't know, I don't know if you'd fully call it nastiness, but you know, it's not all roses and peaches with old Chrissy boy. And I, I think any film with Lin Shay and Tobin Bell, you know, they're gonna deliver. Right, they're always gonna deliver with their roles. So, um, you know, I, I, I think the call. There is a lot of promising moments with it. it it's definitely got a great feel to it, but there are a few bits and bobs in the film that I don't know don't fully. Connect, right? It, it it doesn't always necessarily make sense across the board, unfortunately, right? So you don't get as much satisfaction as with the call as you did with stuff like the shed, you know, or the um mortuary collection, you know, even um stuff like uh. You know, which is slightly different, but slacks. You know that 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 delivered, and you know, P.S. Grossman was just weird and hilarious, right? So it doesn't quite give you what those films do, but even it, with that, it's still, I'd say, it's still worth a watch. It's still a a decent film. You know, so if you do like 
um, your your teen horror movies. You know, you have stuff like your Final Destinations. You know, maybe you wanna pick up that phone and make the call. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't quite make sense, right? Doesn't quite make sense. But yeah, maybe you wanna give the call a look, right? It's on Shudder, people. So um, hey, if you wanna listen, there's this so much good stuff, and we've talked about it endlessly on here. Right, but um, yeah, if you go to Shudder, you can get a week's, I think it's a week's trial, right? And trust me, you once you see what's there, yeah, you're gonna keep that subscription because it's so good. So, people, go check it out, have your fun, and um, yeah, maybe uh, give the call a watch. Okay, so this is very interesting, right? The other, I think the other week, yeah, last week, I got an email, right, saying, do you want to come to the uh, press screening of old? And I was like, huh, what's that? But the thing that caught me was the poster, right? A, a, a woman sitting on a beach with um and you can't really see it's a woman but you kind of figure it is from the from the body contours and whatnot but we're kind of looking down on her she's wearing a big summer hat right and her left side is normal and her right side is withered and the foot is bone right and that is a very interesting image then i saw that it's um from m night Shyamalan, who uh you know i i is definitely an interesting filmmaker right i i came to him late i everyone was talking about the sixth sense but i didn't see the sixth sense until gosh i think i saw it when it came on tv Right, I didn't go, I didn't do the cinema, I didn't rent it when it came on TV. I saw it, and no one had told me what the gist is. I'd heard people say, I see dead people, but I didn't know in what context. But then I watched the film, and like, I, I didn't find it shocking. Right, I, I kind of figured out because the way everyone was around Willis, you know what I mean? It was a bit like, well, no one's really talking to him, engaging with him, which is weird. So, hmm, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it, it, so it's a weird one, right? I, I didn't necessarily be all, oh, I want to, I love these films. But, I will say but I was then very intrigued with um, the the Unbreakable. Well, Unbreakable, that kind of irritated me because it felt like as it ended, it was just going, just getting going. But there were tropes in the film, these interesting bits. They were like, hmm, yeah, that's intrigued me. So when the the follow-ups came, right, I was like, 
Oh, yeah, I like that. I'm down with that one, man. I'm down with that. I I, I did really enjoy, um, gosh, I want to say Split. I think that's it was Split or is Split the, the last of the three. I forget, but I like, I really like the second one, haven't seen the last one yet, and Signs, I did like Signs, I thought that, that wasn't a bad film, so, um, gosh, I feel like I'm tangenting, <laughs> but yes, um, you know, I was intrigued, right, I, I, I was definitely intrigued when, uh, yeah, that came, so I was like, alright, you know what, I'm going to check it out. And I always go to the press screenings. Because it's interesting. Right? Because I think you, you you get the ability to try things that you might not normally have just gone to see. You know, so and and I think that helps with these reviews. You know, because I think if I'm just watching the same old, same old, I, no one wants that. Right, and then I'm just judging shit on the last one I saw. But when you colour the palette, right, you see a whole swathe of different things. You get this different perspective on everything, you know. So anyway, I went to see Old. Yuri, <laughs> cheese. It's taking me nearly five minutes to be like, yeah, I went to see Old. <laughs> but Shanalan, um. He directed and he actually wrote the film, but it is based on a 2010 uh, graphic novel called Sandcastles from Pierre Oscar and uh, Levi Frederick Peters. Oh, no, or is that Pierre Oscar Levi and Frederick Peters? Um, I think it might be that one, yes. Uh, so, yeah, he really liked that graphic novel. And he uh, wanted to make it into a film, right? And uh, I, I saw something where it says his reasoning was it helped him deal with his anxiety around death, getting old, and his parents being old, which I kind of figure that kind of makes sense. I under- I can see the, you know, the logic in that. Right, so um, Shyamalan, he also produced the film along with Ashwin Rajan and Mark Beanstick. It's got cinematography from Mike Gulakis. It's edited by Brett M. Reed. The music is from Trevor Gurikis. Um, and our cast. Well, we have the Priskers, right? Um... Well, no, not the Priskers. Um, actually, I'm not sure what their surname is. But anyway, we've got the husband, Guy, who's played by Gal Garcia Barnell. Um, his wife, Prisca, played by Vicky Cripps. He's got a... Um... Um... A son called Trent, who is played by Alex Wolf, and Emin Elliot. Right, you'll 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 understand that. You'll understand that later, um, or when you go see the piece. Right, we've also got his um sister Maddox, who is played by 
Tomasin and McKenzie and M. Beth Davids. Uh, then we have um, another family called. Um, actually, I don't know. No one's got surnames. But we've got the other family. So there's Crystal, played by Abby Lee. Right, her husband Charles, who's played by Rufus Schwell, and they have a daughter named Cara, who is played by Eliza Scanlon. Um, and Kyle Kylie Bailey, and actually, and Micaiah Fisher. Right, so um, here's a few iterations of a young Kara, and uh, they've got their uh, grandmother, Agnes, played by Kathleen Shalfant. We also have um, a, a a guy called Mid-sized Sedan. Is <laughs> a rapper. And he's played by Aaron Pierre. Right? We've um, got another couple. Uh, so we've got Jarin, who's played by Ken Loon. And his wife, Patricia, played by Nikki Amuka Bird. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it. I think uh, they are, well, they're all our peoples up on the island. There are um, there are other people in the piece. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, let's get to let's you know because yeah, that, that there's more than just those people in the piece, man. Um, so we have got. Uh, the resort manager, who's played by Gustav Hammerstein. Um, he's the resort manager's son. Idlib, who's played by Kalen Jude. Uh, we've got the van driver, who is played by Shyamalan. I thought that was Shyamalan, but I was like, is it Shyamalan? I'm not quite sure. I think it is. But yes, it is him. Uh, Sydney is played by Matthew Shearer. Uh, Greg Mitchell played by Daniel Isson. Mr. Brody played by Jeffrey Holzman. Uh, scientist played by Margouche da Silva. And there's a CIA agent played by John Towie. Very yes, uh, that is our cast. And the gist of the film is this, people. A family on a tropical vacation discover the secluded beach they are relaxing on for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly in reducing their entire lives into a single day. Ooh, I mean, it's a little crazy, right? A little crazy. So we open up. And we've got, uh, you know, family talking and 
they're in a, you know, they're driving, they're driving, the daughter sings a little, and they're all kind of, they, they, they seem happy, but there also seems to be a, a, a cloud, you know what I mean, something hanging over them that you can't quite put your finger on, so we see them driving, and they're very excited, because they're going on holiday, Going on holiday, and they, you know, they get to this place, and um, you know, van driver drives them to there, and it's this magnificent resort. You know, they are very just like whoa. They're impressed like hell because you know, they. I think at the point she, the, the Prisca says, um, "This beats Cancun." You know, and it's just a deal that she stumbled upon, she says, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, it's pretty cool, we, we see them interacting and getting on, but again, we see this melancholy with the wife, with Prisca, you know, which just seems a little, hmm, now, as, you know, the film goes on, we, we see the parents arguing, see the parents arguing, so we know there's something, and we learn there's so, there, there's something coming, and we know what it is, but I'm not going to tell you, um, but we also then see the kids defending each other, you know what I mean, we, we see that, so you understand that they are actually best friends, yeah, we we definitely see the fact that uh, um, Maddox, you know, she's she's got her arms wrapped around Tarrant, like Trent, and just like trying to shelter him from the the craziness. So we have that, right? But you know, the parents are trying to put on a a a, a, a stiff upper lip to it all. And um, we have, you know, the, the, the hotel owner t- comes and tells them, hey, I know, like, what do you want to do? And he's asking them what they want to do for the day. And he's like, look, I know there's this isolated beach on the other side of the island. I don't tell most people about this, but I like you. So how about I get someone to drop you off there? And they're like, oh, our own little beach, yeah, let's do that, now, once they get in the, in the, in the van in the morning, they find out that they're not the only ones that were told, you know what I mean, so this whole tight-lipped secret, not so much a secret, but they go there, right, with, uh, uh, with the other two couples, um, no, so just one couple actually at first, and uh, so they get there, and then uh, you know they see the the midside sedan. He we get a cutaway scene, right? We see midside midsize sedan there on the beach with a woman, and that kind of plays out. It's very brief. She swims off, and then that's kind of it, right? So they're on this beach, you know, kicking it. And then another couple turn up, right? So they're on the beach, and then 
things start to go awry. Things start to go awry. Right? And yeah, I, I can't really tell you much else because I think anything else could really spoil the film. But I will tell you this, right? There, there is these really interesting parts of this film, right? Where they're conveying a sensory experience, you know, whether it be sight or sound. Like, the way the camera, you know, helps bring this stuff to life, you know, with with the sound, it all kind of goes quiet, and this person is fixed while things around are moving, and I thought, oh, that's, that's an interesting way of conveying it, and with the, with the sight, like, everything becomes a, a, a different hue, you know, and I just thought, oh, they're very good ways of showing this stuff. You know, sometimes with, you know, with time and just the speed of life, you know, they, they take this herky kind of camera. You know, and, and when I say herky, it's not quite like uh, the born supremacy. So the the, the the born supremacy, I meant to say, or just any of the born films, you know, the the way the camera was all over the place to get that kinetic fight feel. It's not quite that, but the way the camera moved, it was very interesting because it it really helped kind of convey this certain stuff, right? So we had that, which I thought was great. Right, another thing that was done very well was the inane conversation of children. And I mean Trent and um Idu Idu mm, the hotel owner's son. Right? They have this this conversation that is so dumb, but it's so kids. Right, you you hear little kids talking, and it's just like sometimes you're just like, wait, what the fuck was that? And we get one of those, and I'm just like, oh, you know what? That that worked very well. It, it captured that little friendship, right? And we get these moments that are very interesting, and and really worked, right? Then we get the, all the stuff that's happening on the beach, and it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. I will say that some of there, there's a point of it which don't make any sense, right? There's this, there's this whole bit with matches, and I'm just thinking to myself, stop lighting the match. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. So you have to do stop lighting. Why are you lighting the match? You know what I mean, just stop, you morons. Like, so there was that That was a little hmm? There was a, another bit with a, a, t- a, a top being cool And you're just like Take it off You know what I mean like, I, It was a bit baffling why they just didn't take the top off Because it, it wasn't a, a situation where the top couldn't be taken off it, It's like oh it's one of them tops that you, you can't take off simply It was just like but you could slip out of that Like what 
you know, that was a bit odd. I don't know. I didn't understand the logic of that. And I will say there was a there was a thing with two characters and the way that their story arcs kind of conclude, it did seem a bit abrupt. Right. You, you just kind of thought, well, if you played that out until, you know, night, like the next day, dawn, something like that, you'd be like. That would make more sense, right? But to conclude it at a certain point, it just feels that I right, we need to end this and move on to something else, right? There was that. It 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 felt a little bit rushed, you know. Felt a little bit rushed. You know, you had other characters like Midside Sedan doesn't really have a lot. The character didn't seem as fleshed out as some of the others, you know. But as I said, there are these very interesting components, right? Like um, the hamper and the need for food, which, you know, uh, you kind of go, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Of course that would be the case, you know, there is that, so there's these things that work very well, but yeah, there are a few kind of odd moments, especially there's there's a moment where a, a character needs some medicine, and everyone's looking around like, oh, what are we going to do, and you're just like, but you saw the situation in the morning, right, you were all there, you were there, so you heard everyone go, this is what the situation is. So you would have all heard that. Then, her husband tells you something. So it was weird that everyone was then like, oh, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that was weird. That was very weird. Right? So I, I, I think this film is... It's interesting, right? There are very interesting things. And I like the way... It, I did like the way it ended. And some of the, the things that get brought up. Because you just be like... Yeah, of course that would happen. Right? In that situation... Yes. Definitely. People would do that. You know, that, that is the route people would move in. You know, it makes perfect sense. So I, I, I liked that and the way certain things were being justified. Like, oh, you know, after all this time and we've we've got this now. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, you bunch of fucking weirdos. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, 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 it was interesting, right? And then there was another thing about physical and mental illness. You know what I mean? Be like, yeah. Yeah, that that that's that's a point if you're talking about statistics, right? That's definitely something that you would be thinking about, you know. But yeah, there was there was I I kind of feel that this film is interesting because it's called old because I think mean, like old age, there are some moments of arthritis in the film. You know what I mean? You there, there are moments when um yeah the film does act like an old person. 
You know, it, it does act like it's got cramps and it can't move very fast. You know, but hey, not all old people are like that. Some are sprightly, some move around, some still have all their faculties. And so, yeah, this film, there are these moments of clarity. There are the, these moments of youthfulness, right, of, of compelling story, you know. So it doesn't necessarily always drag and it starts very well. I think there are moments in the film where it does get a little bit baggy, you know, gets a little bit baggy. But I will say, you know, as I said, look, it it ends well. So it's 108 minutes. So just under two hours, you know, kind of essentially. Um, But, you know, I, I feel if you're a fan of Shyamalan's work, I mean, you'll like this one. You know, it's a little bit different to some of his other fare. You know, and um, it does, I guess it, it, it does kind of touch on some interesting points. You know, about ageing, old age, death, all of that kind of jazz. You know, there are, there are definitely things like clarity and, you know, the, the uh, thought of letting certain things go. Letting certain things go and, you know, embracing the things that mean the most to you. So, yeah. It's not perfect, but it's intriguing. So, uh, yeah, if you want to be intrigued, people, why don't you check out Old? It's in cinemas from Friday. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's not all geriatric. <laughs> Alright, people, there you go. Old. Okay, people, so that's it. That's the end of part one. Well, but we are doing a two-parter, people. So before you do anything else, go wing over to part two because we are looking at a new film and speaking to its writer and director. So definitely one worth a cheeky check-in. All right, so see you in part two shortly.